Hi, listeners. Welcome to the She Speaks Life podcast, a weekly encouragement where we share our God stories. I'm your host, Jamie Elizabeth, and I am so glad you are spending time with us today to listen. Hi, friends. Welcome to today's podcast. Cindy Schropel is our guest, and I am honored to have her share with us her God story. Hi, Cindy. Thank you for being here. Hi, Jamie. I'm so glad to be here and to join you. Oh, good. And I hope I was pronouncing your last name okay. Is it Schropel? It's Schropel, but you were close. Okay. All good. <laughs> I thought be- all good. I thought before we proceed, I would uh, just make sure I was pronouncing that right. <laughs> well, to let our listeners know, Cindy and I have been friends since we met at a writer's conference, and I have got to experience firsthand the life-giving words she shares along with the joy that she carries when you're talking with her and just right away I knew we were going to be friends for life and (laughs) Cindy has written this incredible Christian fiction book called Scandalon and newly released is a study guide to coincide with it. And oh my goodness, this book captured my interest like no other fiction. Page by page, I literally could not put the book down. And I know it is a must read. So I know Cindy is going to talk more on that book, but I am just so proud of her. Her writing is beautiful, and I love all that God has given her with this book to put it on paper for us to enjoy and and learn from it too. So Cindy, I would love it if you shared more about yourself with our listeners and go right into where your testimony begins for you. What would you like to encourage all of us with today? Well, thanks, Jamie. First of all, I have been married to a wonderful guy for 28 years. His yeah. name is Joe Schrubble, and we have a great testimony of how he overcame colorectal cancer 12 years ago. He's never had a recurrence of any type of cancer, which is just part of our God story, because back when he had it, it was a death sentence. And so mm. I'm, I'm so excited to be able to say He's still here with me. I am the mom of two grown children, a son and a daughter. And my daughter has the loves of my life, my three grandchildren. And the joy of my heart is to get to spend as much time being with them as possible and imparting Christ to them. I just, I adore them. There's nothing like being a grandma. And if there's anybody out there that is a grandma, you know exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) So, um... And that kind of has something to do with my story. The book Scandalon was a God-ordained deal. It was not something I ever thought about doing. I never considered being a writer or writing a story. I never thought, you know, hey, I'd like to write a Christian fiction book someday. (laughs) Right. I, um, 
I didn't even consider myself a writer. I had written some songs. I had written some curriculum for my church, for mostly children's church, but I had never thought about writing a book or even considered myself a writer. And I had been doing a study at my church on angels and demons and the spirit realm. And this was at my church in Seeley, Texas, where I had been a worship leader for 17 years. Mm. And so on a Wednesday night, I'd been doing this teaching. And the next morning, when I was putting away my notes, I just heard the Lord speak to me and he said, you're going to write a book. Now, at that point, he didn't say it's going to be on spiritual warfare. It was like, I just knew that. I knew that that was what it was supposed to be on. Yeah. But it was one of those things where when God speaks to you, it registers, but it doesn't register, if that makes any sense. Uh-huh. You, know, you, just, you just kind of file it back in the back of your spirit, so to speak, and, and you just go on with your life. Right. And right. so around the same time, uh, the Lord was showing Joe and I that we were supposed to be leaving our church. And I just want to say with that and encourage people that, you know, sometimes before God can take us into the next place, into our destiny, into our calling, we first sometimes have to lay down and give up some things that are important to us that we would have never considered laying down or giving giving up. Because being a worship leader for 17 years, that had become my identity, you know, being a minister at a church. And so Mm -hmm. to lay it all down was probably one of the most difficult things I've ever been through in my whole entire life. But I knew it was what God was calling us to do. Right. And so in December of 2013, he led us out of Seeley and took us to our current church here in Houston, Texas, which is the encourager church, and we love our church, and we're so grateful for it, and I'm so grateful that my pastors have been such an encouragement to me and honored me and my giftings. But anyway, we went to this church, and, and I didn't know anybody. I'm no longer in ministry. I'm no longer even working. And I just found myself in this new season where I didn't know what to do with myself. I had my first grandbaby, and, you know, you can only go over to your grandbaby's house so many times before your daughter says, um, <laughs> do you have anything else to do? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, God, what am I supposed to be doing here? Yeah. And and really, that was a question that I asked him in prayer. One day, I just said, Lord, I'm not in ministry anymore. What do I do? Mm-hmm. And he spoke to me, and he said, right. And, I, you know, I went to my husband, and I said, I said, what, God wants me to write this book. And he said, oh, you can do that. And I said, well, you have more faith in me, because <laughs> I don't think I can do it. I know. Sometimes our, so, sometimes our husbands do have more faith than us, <laughs> especially when yeah. we're like the unknown territory where we haven't done it before. You know, it's our husbands right. that are like, come on, you can do it. Yeah. You can do it. Yeah. Sometimes they see things we can't see. Yeah. In, you know, and so I just began to kind of fleece the Lord, which is something I don't recommend people doing, but I was desperate because I was like, Lord, I don't know why you would ask me to write a book. I don't know how to write a book. And so I began to fleece him and I said, okay, Lord, if I'm supposed to write a book, what would the name of the book be? 
And immediately in my spirit came the word scandalon. And I knew that word because it was a part of a teaching I had done back in my church on the spirit realm. Mm -hmm. And that word scandalon is actually a a word that means trap stick or snare. Mm -hmm. And it talks about the snares and the traps that the enemy lays for us. Yeah, I had at our church, we had a a pastor that came in from another state and he was able to give us uh, leaders some life-giving words, some, some wisdom on leadership. And of all words, he mentioned Scandalon and we all wrote it down and we wrote down the meaning and he you know, called it the trap of the enemy. And he was basically Mm -hmm. talking about being an offense, how that can really Mm -hmm. divide a church when we're offended. And especially in leadership, if we get offended and how that's just an entrapment uh, by the enemy. I wrote that down and I was like, oh my goodness, my sweet Cindy, I'm going to have her on in a couple weeks and I got to share this because I have never heard of the name before you gave me your book for me to read. And that was the first time I saw the name Scandalon. So I just thought it was really awesome and I wanted to share that with you. That's really cool. And that's really what the book is about. It is a Christian fiction book about a young couple who goes through a tragedy. And and this couple is is a Christian couple, and yet we see how easily it is for the enemy to come in and ensnare someone and take them down in the walk with God. We see how we affect the spirit realm, both for good and for bad, and how the spirit realm can affect us. And mm-hmm. the good thing about the story is that it's an overcoming and a redeeming story. Yeah. But it's a very true-to-life story mm-hmm. in, in that you can see yourself in it in so many ways. Yeah, I know so that though the story is fiction, there's much in the story that I personally went through or I personally experienced. So yeah. it, even though it's fiction, it's got a lot of real life yeah but yeah yeah, you want to share a little bit about what you went through one of the things that i bring out in the book is about how the main character fell so far away from the lord Mm -hmm. and you know as a little girl i came to know the lord in the fourth grade through a neighbor and her family they took me to church and as a little girl i really did love god i believed in god i knew was real there was no doubt in my mind and as I grew older my family my parents didn't take me to church my sister went to church and she was a Christian and she would take me to church sometimes she was five years older than I was but my parents didn't take me to church and so as I grew we moved away to Europe and when we moved away to Europe I moved away basically from any Christian influence that I had and so I grew up from the eighth grade to my senior year in high school in Europe and when I moved back to the States even though I had a fear of the Lord in my heart even though if you were to ask me if I were a Christian I would say absolutely I was not serving God at all Mm -hmm. and I fell into some of the same sins that the character the main character in the book Zoe falls into Mm -hmm. and 
uh, I didn't experience everything that she did. Some of those things in the, that I write in the book are uh, experiences of other people that I know, mm-hmm. but there are certain things that she went through that I definitely experienced. And, praise God, I got to experience, you know, coming back full circle to the Lord mm-hmm. and, and you know, living my life for Him, which you do see that redemption in the end of the book, and I'm so excited about that. Awesome, yeah. What I wanted to share was that, you know, when, when I started this book, that there wasn't a lot that I knew about how to write or anything. And I, I just want really to encourage listeners that when God gives you something to do, you don't necessarily have to know everything about it or how to do it. That, that God is faithful, yeah. and He'll do it through you. He'll equip you. He equips those that He calls. And when, you know, when I would read these stories, some, sometimes, you know, if I edit it and go back through and read it over and over again, each time I would just be amazed mm-hmm. at this book mm-hmm. that, that I, you know, the Lord wrote through me. I mean, I, I really believe God is the author of the book, but I'm just amazed yeah. that he wrote this, chose to write this story to me first and foremost. And I can honestly say that there was just this grace and equipping on me to do something I had never dreamed that I could do before. And I know that there are so many people who God has called them to do something specific like you do on a podcast. I know how scary that must have been for you in the very beginning. Yeah. Because, you know, we're just learning how to do these things. Yeah. And yet we can see, looking back, how God equipped us and how God enabled us and how God brought it all together for us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there were days when I would get up to write that I had no earthly idea what was next in the storyline how it was going to flow. I didn't know where I was going in the -hmm. the book. And that was the one thing that scared me about writing a fiction book was because there's always this plot and this subplot and these characters and (laughs) sub-characters. And I thought, I don't know how to do that. (laughs) But I was amazed how when I was just simply obedient to sit in front of the computer, the guy did it. Mm. He just did it. Yep. Yeah, and that brings so much encouragement to us and the power Mm -hmm. that is in us that God put inside of us and he helps us and he equips us and we feel like we're not equipped, but we are equipped. And when he calls us to do something, he's equipped us. He's not going to leave us with, you know, not knowing what to do. He's going to give us exactly what to do. We just are relying on him. And that's exactly the place that he wants us to be, is to be completely relying on him. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, I have a a writer's group at my church that I lead in, and I just encourage them, you know, if you don't do what it is God's called you to do, it's not going to get done. And the only thing you need to do, and I know you can bear witness with this, mm-hmm. to do what God called you to do is just take the first step. That's all you have to do is take the first step. Yeah. And then trust Him that He'll lead you into the second step once you've taken that first step. Mm-hmm. You know, trust Him that He's there to catch you. And, and trust Him that if you make a mistake, He's a big enough God to cover those mistakes even. Mm-hmm. So That's right. I just think it's so 
important for us to be obedient to what God calls us to do. A couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine called me, and she had a grandson who had been in Montgomery County Jail here in Texas. And just kind of just feeling the, the Lord letter to, she gave him the book Scandal on. And as you know, it's kind of a love story. And, and even though there's so much teaching on spiritual warfare in it, it's not something you would think of a 19-year-old guy reading. But she just felt like the Lord was prompting her to give it to him. And so he had nothing else to do. He was sitting in jail. So he started reading the book. And then him and his cellmate started reading it together. Mm-hmm. And he called her and he said, Nana, this book is amazing. Mm-hmm. And and that book literally has transformed his life. It has set him on a whole new course. Yeah. And I think what would have happened if I hadn't been obedient and written that book? Mm-hmm. This young man wouldn't have had it in prison to read or in jail to read. And his life wouldn't have changed. Yeah. And a couple of weeks ago, he got a call from the the chaplain at the jail who told him that that book is going around the jail. And it's a (laughs) men's jail. And that just excites me to (laughs) no end. Yeah. Because transforming men's lives in jail. Something I would have never thought it could do. No. Yep. And God knew exactly where he was taking that. And... That's why it's so important that we're writing for the one because the Lord's going to take it wherever he wants to take the book. And it's such an exciting story. And then at the same time, there's so much truth to it, too. And Mm -hmm. I think that just makes it doubly interesting because it's exciting the characters and how you put it together. Just really, really excellent story that you wrote. Thanks. I love what you said, writing for one, because I think that so many people don't step out and do what they're called to do because they think, well, what if, what if nobody ever reads it? Or what if it doesn't become the bestseller? Or what yeah. if nobody listens to my podcast? But God doesn't tell us that we're responsible for the outcome. Mm-hmm. We're just responsible for the obedience. Yeah. And I think that's something that's really important, too. So I'm so glad that you said that. Yeah, yeah, yep, that, that's true. And also, with your testimony, it helps people get get over that needing to be perfect before I start something. I think that prevents people from wanting to do things because they think they have to have it all figured out or have to have it all perfectly figured out or mm-hmm. already feel qualified or already feel that they have the credentials, the education to do something. And when you're in tune to God's voice and and him calling you to go do something and it is unfamiliar territory and most likely it will be something you will be totally uncomfortable doing you just do it and that was the the number one advice I had from a friend somebody asked her well how did you start your your ministry and she just said I just I did it and that's exactly what we need to do and that's what you were saying you just step out in faith that's the first step and you just trust God with all the little details that's what I was doing with my podcast and I'm in the thick of right 
writing and same story as you have no background in writing and I'm just learning as I go and allowing God to steer me in the direction he wants me to go with it and it's the same thing this podcast just allowing the Holy Spirit to direct and lead along the way and he is he equips us so that's so good right you know I was teaching a group of ladies last night and I was telling them that when something looks like it is just so amazingly overwhelmingly difficult to do Mm -hmm. That's when it is most likely God speaking to you to do it. Mm -hmm. Because then you know, when it's all said and done, and when you are in the thick of doing it, you know it's God who gets the glory and not yourself. Exactly. And, you know, I probably failed English in high school, (laughs) and I have no college experience, Mm -hmm. but but I have, you know, I have the Holy Spirit, and you have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And he leads us and he teaches us. It's a promise from him that mm-hmm. he'll teach us and he'll give us the words to say and he'll give us what we need for the next step. Exactly. So, yeah, I think it's just so important, like you said, that we just step out. You know, one of my favorite sayings is how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And you just have to take that first bite and mm-hmm. then get started. Yeah. And God will see you through the journey. Yeah, yeah, so good. Do you have any testimony you want to share about before you're writing the book? Yes, actually, just like Zoe in the in the story, I wasn't addicted to alcohol, but I was addicted to drugs. And I was addicted to drugs for years, years. And even, like I said, I knew God. I had a fear of God. I knew that it was wrong, Mm -hmm. but it was hiding and masking the pain that I had experienced from my childhood being molested Mm -hmm. by several men and one being my grandfather. So Mm -hmm. I just kind of used drugs to mask the pain and specifically marijuana. I was addicted to marijuana and I would... I would hide it from myself. I'd flush it down the toilet and then go get more. And I just did everything I could to get set free from it in my own strength. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I gave my life to the Lord, I mean, just completely surrendered my life to Him and said, God, I've made a complete mess of my life. I was promiscuous. I was divorced twice. I was, you know, my life was just a mess. Uh And I told him, I said, I've made a mess of things. Mm -hmm. And I I just want to surrender my life to you. And I'm going to ask you, if you can, that you would change my life and that you would set me free. Mm -hmm. And he came in and he totally transformed me. And at that point in my life, girl, I cursed like a sailor. I could embarrass (laughs) any man my mouth <laughs> and he immediately took that from me wow. I mean, immediately and I was you know it was one of those things where I was so proud of myself like oh my gosh my, my language is changed yeah <laughs> and I was in a friend's bathroom one day and we were hiding from our children actually and I was smoking marijuana with with her mm-hmm. and her husband and her husband said something to me just as I was smoking this marijuana joint. And 
And when, when you said it, a slew of curse words came out of my mouth. And I happened to be facing the mirror. So I was looking in the mirror. Mm. And when that came out of my mouth, it was like I saw the demonic principality behind the whole thing. Mm, yeah. And I just handed it to him. And I said, I don't ever want to do this again. Mm. And at that moment, God totally delivered me from, I think it was like a 15-year addiction, wow. um, maybe a little bit more than that, totally delivered me. I never wanted it again. I never did it again. And, you know, I was just totally set free from it. Mm-hmm. And so that is one of those stories in my life that I always go back to when the enemy tells me that I can't or that God can't. And I remember how God delivered me and what a stronghold it was in my life. Mm-hmm. And what a demonic presence there was with that. Mm-hmm. But but God set me free. And so, yeah, that's probably one of my greatest testimonies. There's, there's plenty more, but that's one of my greatest testimonies. And one that I always fall back on in remembering the goodness of God in my life. Because I know I was on a path of destruction yeah. you know, with that habit specifically. Yeah, for sure. And how old were you when you were transformed? 30. Okay. Yeah, I was 30 years old, and so it took me a long time from the time I was that little girl to it and accepting Christ and then falling away. It took me a long time to, to find my way back. But girl, when I did, my life just totally turned around, and the Lord transformed me little by little, but he transformed me and gave me such a heart for him that Mm -hmm. I've never, ever wanted to turn back to the world again. Never. It's not even been a thought. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so good. Yeah. Well, you've experienced his love and his power and just Mm -hmm. his goodness and how Mm -hmm. limitless we are when we're operating under his authority and just allowing the Holy Spirit to lead our life and having him give you inspiration to write this book to help others to be aware of the unseen Mm -hmm. heavenly realms, the unseen forces that we can't necessarily see. But the book makes all of us more aware of the enemy's tactics and the enemy's schemes of entangling us. I remember reading in your book about the couple staying up too late watching a movie. And then therefore the wife ends up sleeping in and not going to church in the morning. And I'm just thinking, well, how many times have we done that where we chose... A movie and as simple as just watching a movie that could keep us from worshiping and and receiving a word from God the next day. So, yeah. You know, his tactics, like you were saying, they can be so subtle. Yeah. And it can be as subtle as someone, just like it's in the book, where there was a scene where there were some girls kind of gossiping and talking about Zoe. It can be so subtle that someone saying something under the guise of prayer that gets you into a group of gossipers, you know, talking Mm -hmm. about someone behind their back, saying things that, you know, are not glorifying to the Lord whatsoever. And yet, it can also be something as subtle as getting addicted, even to 
television or gaming or mm-hmm. whatever. It doesn't have to be some of the things that we think of as addiction. Right. Nowadays, you can be addicted to your cell phone, to Facebook, and, and anything that takes you away from your life with the Lord and your family, even, because that's important to God. Yeah. And I think that it is so important, and that was my heart behind the story, was that we would see how Satan works how the enemy works to entrap us, do little things, do big things, how he works to entrap us. And once we're entrapped, we're usually blinded to his tactics and we can't see and therefore we can't get out of it or it takes someone coming along and helping us Mm -hmm. to get out of it, to open our eyes so that we can get out of the snare of the enemy. I think it's a really important story because it is an eye-opener to the spirit realm. And the spirit realm, many of us don't understand that it's actually more real than this earthly realm that we live on. Mm -hmm. The spirit realm is just an extension of the heavenly realm. Mm -hmm. And it is where our fates can be decided even, where the enemy can gain that permission to come in and attack us through our actions or through our words. And yet it's also that realm where the angels can fight on our behalf. So it's important for us to know that that realm exists and how we affect it. Yeah, yeah. So true. And I love how you put the characters as they're doing the action of the temptation. That's the way the enemy can see us getting enticed because the enemy can't know what our thoughts are. Only God can know our thoughts, but he can see the actions or hear the words that verbally come out of our mouth. And I love how your, your book displays all that for us to be aware of our actions in our mouth. You know, there's power in our words. Right. Yeah. And and not only the enemy, but the, the angelic realm is also listening to yeah. our words because it's our words, the words that line up with God's word that send the angelic realm to fight on our behalf and to fight on our behalf. That's right. So they're also listening to our words. They're also watching what we're doing And it's important to know that, Mm -hmm. that we're the ones, oftentimes people don't understand why their prayers aren't being answered or why God is not moving on their behalf. They don't realize that it's them that's basically holding the hands of God from acting on their behalf because of their words, because of their actions, because of the things that they're doing that go against the word of God. Mm -hmm. I'm currently working on a second novel right now that deals with how a generational curse can come down through our family line. Mm. And and it's just another aspect of the spiritual realm, Mm -hmm. but it goes a little bit deeper in seeing how, you know, our words are recorded in heaven, the Bible tells us. And the, the power of our words is something that we barely comprehend, I think. Even some of us as mature Christians, we, we still speak and say things that we don't realize that's hindering my destiny or that's yeah. blocking God moving on my behalf. And I think it's so important. And it's also important to, to go back mm. into our generation mm-hmm. and repent and take captive those words that have been spoken that might keep us 
from reaching our destiny, our calling and purpose. Oh, that was so good, Cindy. Do you have a goal in mind of when that will... Oh my gosh, I'm excited because I know this is just going to (laughs) be another amazing book. Do you have a goal of when uh, that will be released or finished? Well, my goal is to be finished by the end of this year. But you know how life is. We don't get to write every day like we'd like to. So I, I try to write as much as I can. I have started this book actually quite some time ago. And then I think, as you know, my publisher went out of business and I I got discouraged. And the Lord recently has had me pick the book back up. And in rereading it to go back through it and see where I was in it, he's actually instructed me to bring some more things as far as the spirit realm and as far as heaven goes into this story. And so I'm kind of re-adding to it and redeveloping it, but... I will tell you, I am super excited about this book. But the name of it will be called The Lineage Curse. Mm -hmm. And it will go through three generations, starting back in the late 1800s. And and you'll just see how that curse can come down through the lineage and affect the lives of family members. Mm -hmm. Which makes me more and more aware that what I'm doing, what I'm saying... What I'm allowing in my life can affect my grandchildren, mm. and not only my grandchildren, but my grandchildren's grandchildren. Mm. And it makes me want to seek God and make sure that I am living according to the Word that much more. Mm. So good, Cindy. Awesome. I can't wait to read it. I can't wait well, for... I will... Yeah, all of us to... I'll be... let you know when it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> I know you will, and so great. It's so well needed. That is a biggie. You are Mm -hmm. phenomenal, and just love having you on here. Do you have any takeaways that you would like to maybe conclude with? Well, I just want to say thank you so much, first of all, for having me on. I encourage people, if they would like to read Stand Along, they can go to sftjn.com and get the book. They can get it off Amazon as well. I just want to tell people that they're not waiting on God. God's waiting on them to just take that first step. Mm -hmm. And if He's placed it in your heart, just do it. Just do it. Like Nike says, just do it. Because (laughs) He'll he'll help you. He's not going to abandon you in the process. He will help you every step of the way. And, And I think back now that if I had not done it or if I had waited, where would I be right now if I hadn't been obedient? And I I always think of life, you know, in terms of, gosh, where would I be if I hadn't done what I did five years ago? Where would I be today? Mm -hmm. I I would be way back there. And so it it just takes the first step. So take that first step and just do it. Yeah, so good. Thank you for coming on here, Cindy, and sharing with us. And you are so incredible with all that you do. And I know the listeners are going to be encouraged by the inspiration and just the power that God displays in us to move forward with the calling that he has placed in our lives. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Jamie, and I look forward to hearing more from you and from that book you're writing, girl. Yes. You're an author, a finisher. (laughs) Yes.
Amen. Thank you, Cindy. Okay. Thank you so much for listening today. I trust that God has encouraged you through this message. For more information on this ministry and to access free downloads, please visit my website at jamieelizabeth.com and sign up. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Jamie Elizabeth She Speaks Life. That's J-A-Y-M-E Elizabeth She Speaks Life. Until next time, my friends, I pray God reveals himself through your own life story.